Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links, and see where it takes us. So, John, what is your starting article this time? Hey, Eric. Do you want to take a guess? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to, do you want to take a guess what my <laughs> article might be? All right. Uh, my first guess is a town with less than 10 people. Okay. That was not quite it. You're close, though. Okay. Because it's one of the other things we always get. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a moth, is it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, the <laughs> Ephistiodes erythrella is a moth of the family Pyralidae. It's native to North America, or it's found from Texas and Ontario westward, including British Columbia, California, and Utah, but it was also an introduced species in Hawaii. Hmm. Couldn't be any other organism on the planet. Nope. It had to be a moth. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be a bacteria or another insect. Had to just be <laughs> a moth. Well, let's hope you fared better. Uh, what, what, what'd you get, Eric? Individual Speedway Junior European Championship. Well, that at least sounds interesting. Okay, let's do that. All right. I don't even need to hear... I don't even need to hear what it is. It just sounds better than the moth. (laughs) Yes, that much is true. There's actually, in the search bar, a lot of individual Speedway blank something blank championships. (laughs) It Um, is Junior European. Junior European Championship. Okay, so I went to the right one. Great. But there are tons of these in other other countries and other hmm. ways that aren't junior, I guess. So, yeah, well, anyway. This particular one, um, it's also referred to as the Speedway European Under-19 Championship, which I'm assuming is the age. And now it is also known as the Speedway European Under-21 Championship. And it is... Uh, as written in the article, an annual speedway event held each year organized by European Motorcycle Union since 1998. A little bit of an awkward, awkward way to say that, but that's not the first time. but you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this thing started out uh, between 1977 and 1988. The FIM... Parentheses. Parentheses. <laughs> uh, which stands for the Fédération Internationale de Motocyclisme. Held the Speedway European Under-21 Championship. After deciding to allow non-European competitors, the competition was renamed the World Under-21 Championship. Hmm. 
uh, the European Under-21 Championship, was then inaugurated under the control of the aforementioned European Motorcycle Union, or UEM, which is about the most confusing way <laughs> that uh, abbreviation could have happened. Yep. Same letters you would think, just not in anything <laughs> close to the order you would have guessed. Yeah, that happens with European things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Syntax. Um, but yeah, so we got age limits here. The minimum age of a rider to compete is 16 years of age, which is more redundancy. So yep. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend in this article. And... Um, that's starting on the date of the rider's birthday. And then the maximum age is 21 years of age. <laughs> I don't know why they can't just say 21 years or something. But Anyway, finishing at the end of the year in which the rider celebrates his 21st birthday. So if they turn 21 in January... They have that entire year to still compete. So the championship could be in December and they would still be valid. Right. And the current European champion is Anders Thompson from Denmark. And we got some previous winners here. Uh, Let's see. The venue in 1998 was Kursko. And the winner was Rafael Okanuski. And he actually won the next year as well. In Nezio. 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 He won at Yes No. And <laughs> the next year, 2000, was... Lejubjana, and uh, the winner was Lucas Drimmel. I mean, honestly, I could probably just say, like, one of either the venue or the winner, and maybe you could see if you can guess whether it's (laughs) the name of the person or the venue. That would actually be kind of a good game. (laughs) Venue or winner? (laughs) Pardubichi. Uh, I'm gonna guess winner. Nope, that was the venue. I'm looking right at it and I still <laughs> got it wrong. But another Lucas won that one. Last name Romanek. Um, some other venues. Dog of Pills. Dog of Pills. Mm-hmm. Next one, Pocking. Then Ribnik. Miseno. Gorakan. Chestochawa, Stralsund, Tarno, Gorakan again. Ooh, getting Back nostalgic. to Jana. Oh. And then Opol, then Gustro, then Ribnik again, then Silkeborg. That's Silkeborg. <laughs> uh, funny thing about this article is that all of the first place winners, unanimously, except for the most recent one, have links to their uh, persons as an article. Um, Most of the articles, most of the people on here actually have an article about them. 
So they must be pretty successful outside of just the junior championships. Like when they graduated yeah. from this, they must have continued to have some success to some degree in, I guess, motocross, essentially? Yeah, it seems so. <laughs> there's a lot of these guys, and they have a... There's uh, a lot of the first place winners are from Sweden, uh, Poland, Croatia, and Denmark. Hmm. There's an oddball. There's an odd person from the Czech Republic who got in there somehow. There are a couple people from the Czech Republic actually, but largely, <laughs> Germany keeps hosting this, <laughs> and nothing, nothing's coming up for them yet. There's literally mm. no winners, first, second, or third place from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if they're trying to build a reputation in, or if they're just kind of hosting it at this point. Mm. If they're trying to win, then it seems like it's kind of sad. <laughs> Okay, so here we got um, kind of like a little chart of medal totaling. Kind of like you would see during the Olympics. Yeah. Like it just places every country by the amount of medals total they have in the sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, number one is Poland. Then number two, by about half of the medals, is Denmark. And then about a third of their medals goes to Czech Republic. And somehow Sweden is number four, even though, even though it has more medals total than Czech Republic. Um, this gets weirder, too. <laughs> yep, then down to two with Croatia, down to one with Slovenia, then up to three for Latvia. Ukraine is next... Which is in blank place, I might add. <laughs> yeah. Everything so far has had a position number. Ukraine is in blank. Yep. They have no place. Although the spot is held, because it skips from seven to nine with Russia. And Russia has two. And then Slovakia is, has one. And France is also in blank place with one. And Germany, poor Germany, I feel like they have to be competing in this thing. <laughs> but they're not even on, they, they've never won anything mm. in this sport. So I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, maybe. I feel like if the French managed to medal one time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the Germans, they, they would have to have, right? Yeah, at least one, you'd think. Well, where should we bounce to from here? We have an almost... Unlimited amount of options if you want to <laughs> talk about motorcycle racing. Yeah, um, hmm. There are links to more generic terms such as speedway and That's motorcycle true. speedway. <laughs> hmm. Could also go to the European Motorcycle Union. Mm. I, I'm curious of whether or not this is actual motorcycles or just like dirt bikes, or maybe because it doesn't specifically say. It really doesn't. All right, let's check it out. Right. European motorcycle union. Union 
your penne de Located and headquartered in another uh, country we have yet to mention, Italy. Uh, thought that seemed Italian. It's very much so. Well, that would be why it is U-E-M, since yes. the Italian name is <laughs> starts with Union. So they said Italy did not win any medals. Nah, they didn't even host anything. I don't know why they created this. (laughs) Of course, that was the junior championship too. We haven't looked at the actual like adult championship. Ah, that's true. Maybe they were just like, ah, we're too good for the juniors. Though looking at the flags in the current holder and the championships box down here, like seeing who is Mm. current, who are current, who are the current champions of the various events. You totally see no Italian flags. So. <laughs> now, one thing that's curious about current holder is some of them have country names, some of them have people names. So. I'm not so sure about that. But. It's based off of the kind of event that it is. Hmm. The event that lists Poland and Czech Republic as winners are teams and pairs. The other ones are individuals. Ah, uh, okay. Except for the clubs, <laughs> which I really don't get. Because that's a guy's name, and clubs indicates that there has to be more than one dude. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, let's see. Yeah, it looks like these are actual motorcycles. You can tell by the little motorcycle icon (laughs) at the bottom left of the article. Yes, if that is any indication. Wow, that little tiny picture actually gets really big if you click on it. Whoa, that's detailed. That's actually a dude (laughs) on a real bike. (laughs) Yep, that is not just some clip art. Nope, I thought it was, but... (laughs) So the, yeah, these are definitely like, you know, your standard motorcycles here. Well, not standard. They're not well, like Harleys. They're right. Like, they're not know. like, you know, choppers or anything. But they are road-bound motorcycles. Yes. Not, not off-roading. Yeah. So this is most likely similar to like a NASCAR, but with motorcycles. And let's see. So... On September 5th of 1955, there was a meeting of representatives of seven national European motorcycle sport bodies that took place in Munich. And the goal of this meeting was to create a controlling body for motorcycling after the model of other continental organizations. And they had representatives from France, Italy, Switzerland, Greece, Slovakia, Portugal, and Germany. Although Italy and Germany don't participate in the junior. <laughs> well, unless they do, and they just really stink. They just really aren't good. <laughs> With input from the Federation Internationale de Motocyclisme, a declaration of intent was adopted. And the document that they took on uh, put forth the following goals to promote, develop, and help spread motorcycling and its diverse sports amongst the constituent nations of the European Union. 
and a further meeting later in 1995 in Bratislava, the uh, saw the national federations of Belarus, Bulgaria, Estonia, Hungary, Lithuania, and the Czech Republic also express interest in joining the proposed union. And the Czech Republic would go on to be a pretty high-standing participant. As it would turn out, yeah. And then uh, they met in Paris in 1996. um, And the Union Européenne de Motorcyclisme was created as a controlling body of 21 national federations. And then two committees were brought into being whose fields of application were the sport and or promotion, tourism, security, and transport. And the union was officially recognized by the FIM in 1997 as a continental federation. And then today, there are 43 federations amongst its members. I really don't think every nation in their group is a federation. They do know it's a type of government, right? Like, not everything is a federation. Russia's a federation, but not everything's a federation. Okay, just wanted to just wanted to make sure. Anyhow, um, on to the events. There are... They all take place on a speedway, so they're all pavement-based, regular motorcycle events, like Eric was saying earlier. These are not off-road events. Uh, there is the... European Pairs Speedway Championship, which is uh, pairs of people from any given country. Uh, currently, the Czech Republic has that one in the bag. Uh, then next is the Individual Speedway European Championship, where individuals compete amongst one another. Currently, a guy by the name of Renat Gufaroff. He's a real Gufaroff. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a Russian. He's the current winner of that. Uh, individual Speedway Junior European Championship, we already stated, was uh, Zernislaw Palecki. Although that's not current. <laughs> no, they haven't updated any of these. These are all from 2009. Um, I don't know why. It's not as though they haven't had the championships. but Yeah, I mean, it's updated in the other article that they link to. I wonder if we have to go to one of the other uh, events now to see if they've updated the other mm. individual pages, because otherwise this page is just like the only one that's out of date for no apparent reason. <laughs> um, uh, as of 2009, the Team Speedway Junior European Championship, which is akin to the one that we just came from, uh, only in teams, is uh, Poland. They currently have won that. and Hey, well, that makes sense, because they're also the leader of... Um the non-team version of just the junior right. championship. Uh, and European Speedway Club Champions Cup, which is clubs. I don't know what that club... Well, it doesn't explain <laughs> what clubs is. But it seems to have had one guy win it somehow. Well, got by the name of Kaskad Rivne, and he is from Ukraine. Maybe we should go there to yeah, yeah. That, that seems to be the most one, shrouded in mystery. See what the clubs thing is all about. For sure. Oh well. Let's let's check it out. All right. European Speedway Club Championships Cup. Okay. So. Uh, that's not very informative. Yeah. It is an annual speedway event held each year in different clubs 
organized by the European Motorcycle Union. So, it is held in different clubs. I think. So, it's not different clubs competing, I guess. No, I think it is. Like, look at some of the runner-up names here, like uh, Locomotive, Dogov Pills, uh, <laughs> Russian Reserve Team, I think, is probably the biggest uh, <laughs> biggest tip-off. Yeah, that's definitely not a name. Those are definitely teams. Though I will notice a disturbing trend. It seems as though the most recent update on here is from 2010. Hmm. So somebody's not been doing their job. <laughs> It's also missing one of the rankings in the medals classification. So the other article. What is going on with these? <laughs> like, it's one thing to have different a different way of wording things, a different way of, like, saying something. But when it comes to numbers, that's pretty universal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, a, 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 li- uh, a numbered list is pretty, you know, that's standard fare to just kind of omit a number in mm. every... <laughs> place is super weird. I guess it's because they're tied in this case, <laughs> but in the last article they weren't. They didn't have the same amount of medals at yeah. all. And I don't really understand. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, I think my favorite name on the winner's list is Atlas Roclaw. Atlas Roclaw. Uh, that's, that's really good, actually. <laughs> that actually has a link, too. We can go to Atlas Roclaw. <laughs> Alright, well be done with this crappy article that obviously isn't maintained. Nope. <laughs> okay, we are directed to Sparta Roclaw. Alright, so Sparta Roclaw is also known as Bitard Sparta Roclaw for sponsorship reasons. I guess they are sponsored by Bitard. And they are based in Roclaw, Poland. That's where that comes from. Established in 1950. Wow, they've been around a while. Yeah. They've been around longer than the union they are a part of. <laughs> Ooh, the team's track is at the Olympic Stadium, which has a capacity of over 35,000 people. The team manager is Piotr Baron. Team captain is Tomas. Jedrzejczak. Jack. Jedrzejczak. Jack. Jedrzejczak. Jack. Hit the road, Jack. Jedrzejczak. Jack. No more. No more. No more. No more. All right. Um. They have team squads. The 2015 team squad is consisting of uh, Thomas Jedrzejczak. Jack, who is the captain guy. Uh, Masiej Janowski. Ooh, actually, I knew somebody with that name, and it's pronounced Mache. Mache? Yep. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll take it. So that's the only one that we will be able to pronounce. Correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Mache Janowski. Then there's Michael Jepson Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty good. Uh, then there's a British person actually, by the name of Ty Woofenden. Then there's Vaclav Milik, Nikolaj Busk Jakobsen, Adrian Gala, Maxim Drabik, and Damien 
That's not how Z's work. It shouldn't be. <laughs> That's how they put them, though. Well, they're sure hard. A lot of medals they've won. Yep. But I don't know what those competitions are. Yep. <laughs> Just other other competitions, I suppose, for motorcycling. Maybe there's the old uh, European club that we just came from. And there's a couple other ones. Gold helmet, silver helmet, bronze helmet. And in each of those, they've won gold, silver, and bronze place. Actually, in the golden helmet, in 2003, they won both the silver and the bronze. So I guess... The individuals compete, and then, I don't know, maybe like, they send like two people that they think could best race at that, you know, particular event. That makes sense, like maybe that's why there are a couple people who have the same exact number on the squad. Mm. So they can, like, interchange them depending on what the event is. Right. So I don't know where this Atlas came from. So that was the name on the link that we clicked. But I don't even see the word Atlas anywhere on here. It's definitely Sparta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> All right. from motorcycles and speedway things. Mm. Yeah. Because it seems like these articles aren't very <laughs> well maintained. They're just not very good either. Like, yeah. most of them have just layering <laughs> lack of information. Charts with missing information. Alright, well, do you want to check out the town of Rokal? No. I want to check out the Olympic Stadium. <laughs> ah. Alright. Olympic Stadium in Rokal. Ah, oh, the L in Rokal even has a little dashy thing. Wow, that's, I thought that was during my screen. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that does to the letter. As far as pronunciation is concerned, but there you go. Maybe they just thought it looked cool. Or maybe it was the stadium was built from 1926 to 1928 as Schleiserkampfbahn. <laughs> In English, that means the Silesian Arena. Huh. <laughs> What's a Silesian? I don't know. Okay. Uh... According to a design by Richard Connywars, when the city of Roklaw, then Breslau, was still part of <laughs> Germany, uh, that's what they wanted to name it and build it as. Hmm. So, yeah, they, I think they managed to change them to better names here. Oh, wow. This one's somewhat current. Um, it says as of July of this year, 2015. It's mostly used for speedway racing. Hmm. 
but it is also home to the Devil's Row Claw and Giant's Row Claw American football teams. What? (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. They have American football over in Poland. I don't understand why. And two teams compete in this one arena. Okay, that settles it for me that's where we gotta go next like we can keep talking about this if you want to but i want to see what why they're playing american football in poland oh do you want to go to polish american football league yes okay <laughs> all right the pf pa wait no no wait the PLF- it's doing it again <laughs> in american it's the pafl but Apparently in Polish, it is the PLFA. Because in Polish, it is translated as the Polska Liga Futbolu Amerykanskiego. <laughs> Where in the world is Amerykanskiego? <laughs> so it is a structured system for American football competitions in Poland. Founded in 2006 by the Polish Federation PZFA. So, just in Poland, they have a whole system of American football teams. Yes. Now, it's not very old. I mean, being founded in 2006, this has Mm. been around only a little bit longer than the XFL was back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, just I feel like I don't know. How, Poland can't be big enough to have that much, that Dr- many teams draw. available. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but like, how many people are in there that they have teams worth of football players? Well, I mean, it's and not going to be as dominant as our NFL is, like. Like events and commercials and mm. things do not get planned around yeah. theirs, I would guess. But they do have a weird number of teams. Like if you look at the number of teams over in the right-hand column, it gets confusing. It says in the third paragraph down from the top that in the 2013 season there are 74 teams in five leagues. Uh, that's a lot of teams. Yeah. That's a lot of leagues, too. Yeah. This is big. This is big over there. Uh, 57 teams played 11-man football. Uh, Eight teams in the top league. uh, Well, I guess the top league. Eight teams in the PLFA 1. And 21 teams in the PLFA 2. And other teams played eight-man football competitions. So... A lot of those teams, like half of, or not half of, but like a third of the total of 74 teams play with fewer men on the field than we are accustomed to in our football game. We are an 11-man football team thing Hmm. uh, where they only have, they play with eight in a lot of instances. Still, they have a lot of teams. 57? (laughs) That's obnoxious. All right, so, okay, so here's a little comparison for you um, as far as country is concerned, all right? Okay. So Poland is 120,000 square miles. The United States is 
3.8 million square miles. Poland has 38 million people. United States has 322 million people. And Poland somehow has 74 teams in five different leagues. Just Meanwhile, America has maybe 60, if you include arena football. Let's just try American football here and see uh, exactly the number. Yeah, okay, I'm not seeing any specific... Um, I have to go to Google here. Well, I mean, we know that there are, what, how many there's north, south, east, west in each of the AFL and each okay. of the football leagues. So it's like 32 teams in just the NFL. Yes, there's 32 teams in the NFL. But again, that's just two... Those are our two top leagues. And there are only 32 teams, whereas... And there are only two leagues, more to the point, as opposed to <laughs> five leagues. Yeah... Yeah, we're we're looking at Poland somehow has a lot more teams. That's basically the long and short of it. Or maybe they just compete in different brackets. It's a weird system. Yeah, it could be. I I don't know exactly how it breaks down. It may not be that every number counted towards a league is a unique and individual team. They may mm. play cross leagues. Okay, so. The thing about this is that their regular season starts in March and April, and then it ends in June or July. Huh. So it's entirely in the summer. Uh, each team plays nine games, competing against every other team in the division. Uh, four or five home games and five or four away games. And then a team is awarded two points for a win, one point for a tie, and zero points for a loss. A tie only occurs if the overtime cannot be played. After a regular season, the top four teams qualify for the playoffs. Uh, first place against fourth, second against third. And the semifinal winners meet in the championship game called the Superfinal, a.k.a. the Poland Bowl. <laughs> there is no third place game. Hmm. Yeah, so their playing rules are based on the NCAA college football with some minor modifications, like a 12-minute quarter. Oh, shoot, that's short. Um, minimum field markings. Hmm. Unsportsmanlike conduct for excessive celebrations after plays, similar to the NFL rules. And then no instant replay. Ooh. Don't want none of that instant replay. Call it like you see it, and that's all you're going to see. Uh, rules are adopted with a one-year delay. Uh, for example, 2011 NCAA game rule changes were adopted for the 2012 PLFA season. Because maybe they're just kind of waiting it out, like, see if it actually is good or something. Before 2012, coaches... Players and officials used the English language NCAA rulebook. In February 2012, rulebook was translated for Polish language by <laughs> officiating department chairman. 
This one was written by the officiating department chairman in Poland. Rubik was translated for Polish language by officiating chairman. Now, uh, the fun thing about their football league is that there are quite a few uniquely named teams, but then there are also a lot of teams that are either uh, mirroring uh, American teams or even in some cases throwbacks to teams that no longer <laughs> are. And looks like about half of them have the name Roclaw in them. The Ro- Warsaw Eagles... Crew Roclaw, Celestia Miners, Devil's Roclaw, Lowlanders Bialystok, Zablibi, Zaglibi Steelers, Bailawa Owls, Warsaw Spartans. And then brace it down by league here in the top Liga. The one that people care about the most, I suppose. They have the Panthers Rowclaw, which is the former Giants plus Devils, which I guess weren't good enough on their own. So they combined. The Warsaw Eagles, the Seahawks Gedina, uh, Warsaw Sharks, former Spartans plus Krolowski, the Cosley Poznan. <laughs> The Zagleby Steelers, Lowlanders Bialystok, and Husseria Sin. But yeah, yeah, those are pretty cool uh, team names, I suppose. I like Kosli Paznan the best. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I know it's not how you pronounce it, probably, but Kosli Paznan. Yep. It's pretty good. It just sounds good. like some guy's name. Yeah, exactly. He named it after himself. <clears throat> yeah, but then we got the uh, PLFA one has Angels Turin, Cougars Zizisin, Crusaders Warsaw, uh, Seahawks Sopo, former Sabercats. Sabercats. <laughs> Wilkie's Lodzki, Krakow Kings, former Knights, Titchy Falcons, Touchy Falcons, <laughs> Touchy Falcons, uh, Saints, Chestochawa, hey, I remember that town, Silesia Rebels, former Miners, Titani Lublin. And then there's PLFA2 with the Archers, Dragons, Zelina Gora, Green Ducks, Random, Mustangs, Plock, Osliston, Lakers, Patriotsky, Paznan, Warsaw, Dukes, Wiccan, Gowie, Gdansk. Bilawa Owls, Broncos, such a Veskidska, <laughs> Gilwicky Lions, Outlaws Rollclaw, Ribnik Thunders, Silvers Olkus, Scatchow Praetorians, and the Wolverines Apoli. <laughs> now, most of those have joined 
pretty early on, the PLFA2 league seemed to be a very lonely one. In 2008, it only consisted of the Bilua Owls and the Alston Lakers and, oh, I'm sorry, the Mustangs Plock. And those were the only two teams in the entire league <laughs> in 2008. So that's uh, something. So it's all very recent. Like, this development yeah. of American football being sensationalized in Poland is all within the last six or seven or eight years. Uh, and that's... Uh, but that's a pretty huge amount of development in such a yeah. little amount of time. <laughs> well, where to from here? Well, there's a lot of good things I want to check out. But they're mostly football teams, and I mostly want to check them out because they have names like Kosli Paznan. <laughs> but I would also like to find out about the Polish Bowl. <laughs> the Super Final. Super Final. Super Final. <laughs> hey, yeah, let's go for Super Final. Let's see if there's some pictures of the Polish Bowl here. Oh, there it is, actually. The 2012 game with a stadium that is not very full is pictured. <laughs> yep. Like, I am zooming in and zooming in, and yeah, there's only people on the first level of that stadium. Okay, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> also, what a weird choice. Like, the color of the seats is, like, strange in that stadium. Yeah. Makes it look occupied when it's not. That's the trick. <laughs> but it looks like this 2012 game is a game between the Seahawks and someone else. <laughs> I can only see the Seahawks and the touchdown there. But, yeah. Still, it's happening in a very large stadium, regardless of the fact that it's not very well attended. Hmm. The stadium does look pretty good. Oh, well, according to the chart here... Um... It was the Seahawks and the Warsaw Eagles. Oh. And that had the best attendance of all of them. 23,000 people showed up at that game, though wow. you'd be fooled <laughs> by looking at that picture. <laughs> Maybe the other three-quarters of the stadium was filled with people. Probably, yeah. They just picked the worst angle. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. So... In 2006, attendance was 1,300 people, mm. and then in 2007, it went down to 400, although a citation is needed. And then it went back up to 1,100, and then 1,200, 1,200, 1,500, and then it jumped up all the way to 23,000. 23,000. <laughs> and again, we are plagued by Poland and its inability to keep good record keeping the <laughs> most recent record we have of this is 2013 where Giants Roclaw beat the Warsaw Eagles 29-13 to a crowd of 16,500 people hmm. and it looks like they did adopt the numbering system of the American uh, you know Super Bowls with the Roman numerals Yep, still following the old time-told tradition. So it looks like the Giants' row call have the best win record. And 
then the Eagles, then the Seahawks, then the Miners, and then the Devils real quick. And apparently, Seahawks and Eagles played each other several times. Although, I, and you know, on the one hand, you think, oh yeah, you know, like, there's not a whole lot of, you know, teams or whatever playing each other, so naturally the same ones would end up facing each other, but... There's 74 teams. Yeah. You would think something would have shuffled around if there was a chance of, like, it being too repetitive. And, like, the crew Roqual shows up in four games. The Giants Roqual, or, yeah, they show up in one. Just one? Yeah, just one. (laughs) And then then they're gone. Um, Somehow they have the best win record. It's because they were only there one time. <laughs> um, Went out on a high note. Yep. Then left. Uh, but for a while there, like I can understand why nobody was interested. Everything was centrifuged around Roclaw. Yeah. It was all the crew Roclaw, Devil Roclaw. Like it's Devil May Cry. <laughs> that's what's really going on here. Five of the eight. Polish Bulls have been played in Warsaw. I mean, all those Warsaw Eagle appearances has, has, has to have something to do with it. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty much between uh, Warsaw and Roklaw that all this stuff happens. I don't understand why all these articles haven't been updated for like four years. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you what's happening somebody today? somebody would be excited enough to update it. I mean, one of those 23,000, or maybe only 16,000, or maybe only 1,200 realistically <laughs> dedicated fans would have come out of the woodwork and fixed this up by now. But then again, I mean, they didn't bother to give us any, like, links to their, the Polish Football League, Polish American Football League's website or anything. Hmm. They do have one here, but I'm guessing it's in Polish. I'm going to check it out. P-L-F-A dot P-L. <laughs> if I translate it Is it translated By that guy No <laughs> It's translated by Google Which is arguably worse uh, Let's see Let's check out the PLFA Oh wait no the top Liga We can look at The Primacol, Lowlanders, Bialystok, Panthers, Roarclaw. Ooh. The Zagleby Steelers, Interpromax. <laughs> uh, please translate. Oh. They have the, the Zagleby Steelers, Interpromax. They have three of winnings, seven <laughs> lost. And they have a past record of one W. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess their statistics are a little, a little different. <laughs> but no, the website is up to speed. If I could, oh, there's also a link that just says in English. Just hit that. <laughs> there we go. Schedules, standings, teams. We can go check the standings for this year's. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, wow. Panthers in Poland also on fire compared to the American Panthers, who are also undefeated. But Panthers in Poland, they have lost zero games this year. Nice. 10-0. And they haven't even shown up in uh, the bowl before. Nope. But I wonder if they want to tell us anything about the Super Final. Unprecedented Super Final TV broadcast is in the news column here. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> Panthers Row Club faced off against Seahawks Godina. <laughs> the game will be preceded by a great picnic. <laughs> Which is what they call tailgating. <laughs> a great picnic. Super Final X will also be available as a video on demand material at sports.tvp.pl website. There's also the Super Final was on 11 it was on July 11th, 2015. Uh it has a website of its own, <laughs> superfinal.pl, which doesn't tell you the results of the superfinal, hmm. but it does tell you that the superfinal will take place in the past. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, now that we've ventured significantly off of the beaten trail of Wikipedia, hmm. just to find out what the score of the game was, <laughs> um... I kind of see why they didn't update it now. It's like, if you missed it, yeah. <laughs> and you're not in Poland, it's going to be real hard for you to figure out what that score was. Mm-hmm. Well, from here we can end on something like Roman numerals. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a winner. Let's go to article VII, shall we? <laughs> Roman numerals. So if you're not aware, it is the numeric system used in ancient Rome, and it just kind of uses letters from the Latin alphabet to signify values from 1 to 10, and when arranged properly, it can, you know, it's pretty simple to use. Yeah, I equals 1, V equals 5, X equals 10, L equals 50... C is 100, D is 500, and M is 1,000. And you just start combining them and rearranging them, and you get all sorts of different numbers. There's a bit of history to these that I think is pretty interesting. Uh, So I'm going to jump right down to it. In pre-Roman times and in ancient Rome, although Roman numerals came to be written, with letters of the Roman alphabet, they were originally independent symbols. The Etruscans, for example, used a symbol that I don't get in my computer, a symbol that I don't get in my computer, a symbol that I don't get in my computer, a symbol that I do get but I can't explain to you. It looks kind of like a Euro sign but tilted to the right, and an M, and another thing I don't get on my computer, and crosshairs (laughs) for I, V, X, L, C, and M of which only I and X happened to be letters in their alphabet. So, I think we should go back to using crosshairs Yeah. <laughs> for M. For th- a thousand, I'm just going to draw crosshairs. Yep. See if any attrusions are around. dollar sign yep. and a crosshair. <laughs> Dollars, crosshair. That's it. Done. 
on your Deal checks. With it. You just write dollars, dollars cross crosshair. <laughs> Give me one thousand dollars. <laughs> what do you mean dollars crosshair? What is that supposed to mean? I mean one thousand dollars. Uh, but there is there are a few other hypotheses about the origin of Roman numerals. First off is tally marks. Um, because people think that Roman numerals actually derive from top notches on tally sticks, which continue to be used by Italian and Dalmatian shepherds into the 19th century. Thus, I descends not from the letter I, but from the notch scorched on or scored across a stick. Every fifth notch was double cut, i.e. a... Uh, exponent sign, like an upward V or a downward, a normal V or just like a little like triangle thing, etc. Uh, every tenth was a cross cut or an X and so you would have a stick that would just be I, 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 V, I, 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 X, I, 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 V, I, 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 X, I, I, etc. Um... Another, si- another uh, uh, hypothesis here is hand signals were how they developed. Uh, this is a guy by the name of Alfred Hooper who came up with this idea. Uh, he has an alternative hypothesis contending that digits are related to hand gestures for counting. For example, the numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4 correspond to the number of fingers held up mm. for another to see. Okay. 5, then, represents the hand upright with fingers together and thumb apart. Hmm. V. Uh, numbers 6 through 10 are represented with two hands as follows. Left hand, right hand, V, I is mm-hmm. 6. V, 2 is 7. And then you get to V, V, and that's 10, X. Which... Uh. <laughs> you can't really do that one with your hands. But you could do it with writing it. If you just invert the V's, put them together, makes an X. Exactly. Oh, it says results from either crossing the thumbs or holding both hands up and across. I don't know, that seems iffy. Yeah. That's kind of where the system falls apart. Finally, there's also the intermediate symbols deriving from a few original symbols. Uh, this hypothesis states that the basic ciphers were I, X, C, and the crosshairs thing again. <laughs> and that intermediary ones were derived from taking half of those. Half uh, X is V, <laughs> for example. Half a C is L. Don't quite get that one. Is it? <laughs> and half of a crosshair is D, which sort uh, of, <laughs> I guess, almost. It's more maybe B. Maybe a quarter of a crosshair. Yeah, maybe. that's what I was thinking too. But I, I'm pretty sure B is more, you know, yeah, more apt if it's half. So it looks like in the Middle Ages they started using lowercase versions of the Roman numerals. And you see those now in, like, the beginning pages of books during, like, the um, introduction or what have you. 
before the book actually starts, you see counting... Does it count down in Roman numerals? or No, it counts up in Roman numerals, yeah. and then it starts over at one in, like, regular numerals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and apparently, since the Middle Ages, J has sometimes been substituted for the final I of a lowercase Roman numeral, hmm. such as IIJ for three or VIJ for seven. And this J can be considered a swash variant of I. And the use of a final J is still used in medical prescriptions to prevent tampering with or misinterpretation of a number after it is written. Although, why are they using Roman numerals if you for want, medical prescriptions? If you don't want misinterpretation, <laughs> just write a normal number. <laughs> That'll save you some yeah. misinterpretation right there. I feel like writing out the number three is probably a lot less confusing than I-I-J or I-I-I. But well, we're not doctors, yeah. <laughs> so we don't know. But apparently in documents and inscriptions from the Middle Ages, they would include additional symbols, and today we call that medieval Roman numerals, and they would sometimes substitute another letter for the standard one, such as A for V or Q for D, and others just serve as abbreviations for compound numerals, like O for... 11 XI or F for XL which is 40 oh I guess F for 40 makes sense kind of um yeah and then they have a little list of medieval abbreviations here it's just a bunch of different letters they do make note here that in common times they do use uh, the Roman numerals for Super Bowls and for WrestleMania. The most important sporting events. <laughs> the two big ones. And for the Olympic games. The three most important sporting <laughs> events in the world. The Super Bowl, the Olympics, and WrestleMania. <laughs> And using astronomy and stuff. And they gave you Viagra and <laughs> yeah, those are the, the things they use them on. Whoa! Okay, so down here under large numbers, they have some weird symbols here. They have what is going on? <laughs> um. So yeah, they it says a number of lar- of systems were developed for expression of larger numbers that can be conveniently expressed using the normal seven-letter symbols of conventional Roman numerals. One of these was the apostrophus, in which 500, which is usually written as D, was written as line backwards C, while 1,000 was written as C line backwards C instead of M, um. which is a little longer. <laughs> uh, M is one character, whereas the other one is three characters. But this is a system of encasing numbers 
to denote thousands. And the C's and backward C's functioned in this case as the Roman equivalent of parentheses. And that has its origins in Etruscan numeral usage. So, yeah, they have a little chart here of all the different C, backward C combinations. I don't think that's practical, but I like the way it looks a lot more. Yeah, it looks Just as, like, cool. mysterious <laughs> compared to, like, Roman numerals just like, I know what's going on there, sort of, yeah. kind of, at least a little <laughs> bit. With all these, like, C's and backward C's and lines getting up, up in the business, it's just kind of like, that's exciting. <laughs> it's a little, there's a little more going on there. Even if you could write 150,000 a lot simpler than a whole bunch of those C's and backwards C's. Why would you want to? I mean, <laughs> look at how curvy that all is. It's so nice. Look at all those circles, those half circles. <laughs> wow. Classy. There's another system called the Viniculum where you just add an overline, which is the same as an underline, just, you know, over top of something, and that immediately makes the value underneath it a thousand of whatever you're huh. saying. So you can just say XXV and then draw a line over top of it, and it's 25,000. Nice. Yeah. So that's a, that's a simple way. That means we can take our Super Bowls into the thousands without having to worry about <laughs> getting too complicated. Oh, wow. Dude. They even go a step further, and you can add vertical lines before and after the numeral to raise the multiplier to 100,000 or a million. So you have the line over top, and then lines on the sides, and uh, VIII becomes 800,000, and XX becomes 2 million. Now, this does need to be distinguished from the custom of adding both underline and overline to our Roman <laughs> numerals simply to make it clear that it is a number, <laughs> which is a tradition. And there are certain typefaces where some people will put an underline and an overline mm -hmm. over a Roman numeral just to be like, hey, this is a number now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it has nothing, that has nothing to do with the value. That does not affect the value of the Roman numeral, unlike these other ones. Alright, well, there you have it from Individual Speedway Junior European Championship to Roman numerals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, go to facebook.com slash TWC podcast and give us a like and follow. Go to iTunes, rate and review us and check out new episodes on twc.erictribia.com and I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and Skip James for our outro song. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Polish football was not something I was expecting to figure out was a thing.
Come back to me. 